This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh, no. Hello! I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What is up, Bleed Singer Syndrome listeners? I am Shane. Here we are again, back for another episode of the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast. Right now, I'm just hanging out in Germany. Uh, Silverstein is on tour over here. We're doing a bunch of festivals. It is a beautiful day. I love Europe in the summer. It is so, so amazing. Um, also, if, you know, if you're a fan of Silverstein, we're coming to Australia super, super soon. Next month, we'll be there with Pierce the Veil and Beartooth. Silvertooth what? So lots coming up. Also, stay tuned. More touring news on the Silverstein front. We are going to be uh, doing a whole bunch of stuff for the rest of the year. Uh, Some other stuff I can't even talk about yet. So very, very exciting time for Silverstein. And also, you know, I have my side project, River Oaks, which I'm starting to do more and more stuff with, writing some tunes, going to be playing some shows later in the year, which is going to get announced at some point. So stay tuned for that as well. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. Last week was a great episode with Joel from Being as an Ocean. Today we have another great episode with also just an amazing person. Um, I really talk him up a lot in this, and I really kind of, it sounds almost like I'm sucking up to him a little bit, but it's interesting, man. I had a lot of people email me saying, you got to get Garrett Russell of Silent Planet on the show because he is such an interesting story. And I'll admit I had heard of the band. I knew they were a tooth and nail band, Solid State uh, Records, but I didn't know much about them. So I was like, you know what? Let's let's dive into it. Let's do a little research. And what I found was pretty miraculous and pretty inspiring. Um, you know, I'm older and I'm you know I'm 35 now, and a lot of my favorite bands are bands that like formed in the 90s or the early 2000s. And a lot of newer bands, I feel like they just missed the mark for me personally. And it's nothing against them at all. But this band, Silent Planet, is really doing something unique. Lyrically, they're referencing all this interesting literature, all this stuff. I don't want to get too much into it now because Garrett talks a lot about it in the podcast. But really, really just an interesting band. Very different. Very unique. It's just great to see a newer band doing such amazing stuff. Before we jump in, as always, I want you to know you can get in touch with me very, very easily. Actually, Facebook. 
Facebook is back. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to respond to the old messages. So please check out our Facebook page. I believe it's facebook.com slash lead singer sin S Y N. That's the same with Twitter at lead singer sin. We got an Instagram at lead singer syndrome. If all this social media stuff is too fancy for you, we have old fashioned, old fashioned email, which is lead singer syndrome at gmail.com. If you like the show, remember, we've got 35 past episodes. They're all pretty good. They're all similar. And you don't have to start at the beginning or anything. Just jump in, dive around, try to get to all of them. Because I think there really is something for everyone on this podcast. Also, if you like the show, we have the Amazon affiliate link, which is a great way for us to cover some of our costs. It really is easy. All you got to do is if you buy anything on Amazon at all, go to leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. It'll take you right to the Amazon homepage. You log in as you normally would. And anything you buy on Amazon, from batteries to condoms to electronics to, hey, maybe a diamond ring for your girlfriend. It is summertime. I don't know. Whatever you buy, we get 4% and it all adds up. So please check that out. LeadSingerSyndrome.com slash Amazon. Costs you absolutely nothing. Also, before I forget... I am now on Snapchat. I've just had it for a little while. I'm actually really enjoying it. At first, I thought it was stupid, but it's actually really cool. And uh, being in Europe and stuff, I'm doing, you know, I'm putting all this stuff on my stories. And, you know, we're going to all these crazy European sites where there's like beaches and I found an old graveyard. So check me out on Snapchat. It is at Real Shane Told. Thanks again. As always, if you like the show, tell a friend. That's all for the intro. Thanks again for listening. Here it is. My conversation with the amazing Garrett Russell of Silent Planet. I've fallen! Hey, what's up, Shane? Hey, man. How are you? Doing well. Sorry about that. I, somehow my phone got on Do Not Disturb, and the whole day I've been like, calls have been going straight to voicemail, and I've been like kind of frustrated. That happened now that to makes me. sense. Yeah, that totally that happened, happened to me before one time, just randomly like... You know, like the the age of the butt dial, it's like with the iPhones the and stuff, it's like, butt dial. it's kind of over, Funny. you know, the age of the butt dial. However, sometimes you're it just is. holding your hand, your phone in your hand and, you know, accidentally you click something or whatever. And that totally happened to me once. And I like the whole day, I was like, what's going on? You know, and you know, uh, I, there it is. I'm with you there. I think that perhaps our, our new fascist leader, Donald Trump, will usher in an era where the butt dial is no longer like he'll he'll actually create a new era and there's no room for like the era of donald trump and the era of the butt dial no so, i think i'm that's, into that yeah i mean i'd vote for him just for that reason alone right there man. <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> no i will not uh, vote for him no i will not vote for donald trump know, no I was, well, i'm, I'm I canadian was, anyways i don't get a vote so I don't, I don't know if we're already recording but this is actually a question i was going to ask you yeah we're it's, I, it's rolling it's always rolling dude awesome always rolling every moment do you have like cool telemarketer uh, people hitting you up and they're like, hey, buddy. And you're like, hey, man, you're on my show. Does that happen? That'd be cool. 
<laughs> That's funny. No, no. I uh, I just always when I call somebody, I hit record before I before they answer because okay. sometimes like sometimes the first thing you talk about is like people think it's off the record and it ends up being like the most honest you know totally. part of the conversation yeah. and you know sometimes you talk for five minutes and then it's like okay are you gonna are we gonna like roll now it's like okay and people are like oh totally you know so i always just keep it rolling and whatever and uh i can't tell you how many times i've done interviews where i like wasn't sure if it was on like um i had a really funny one once where i called into like this radio show and it was like live radio and uh i, I was like okay i'm on the air like he's talking like a radio guy and he was like telling me these like problems about his like girlfriend and like these things he's going through. Oh, so, I'm, wow. so I'm giving him like the like you know like the more entertaining radio answers. You know what I mean? And then yeah, yeah, And yeah. then he's like, we talk for like ten minutes. He's like, all right, man, you ready to like jump on the air? I'm like, okay. Like <laughs> I apologized after. I was like, I wouldn't have said that to you, like dude to dude. You know, I'm yeah. saying it like as an entertaining like morning as radio. An totally. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So it's 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 funny how how that stuff happens. But no, it's uh it's rolling, and who knows? Maybe this will be kept in there. Probably will. But, well, and uh, it's 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 funny how I mean I think for folks for some folks they might be kind of curious how it actually happens. You know, for instance, like you and I have never met, so there's yeah. this like interesting component of like kind of meeting and starting the interview at the same moment, you know? Right, right. There's always a little bit of, like, breaking the ice, you know? Because yeah, I no, don't, you know, I, I only know what I know about you through, like, what I've read and researched, and, you know, and you might know nothing about me. I have no idea. So it's, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic. You're right. And, like, a lot of times I do these, I'm just cold calling somebody, and some of them are my friends, um, and that that's always, like, yeah. a little easier um, when of we have course, history. Of course. But But yeah. sometimes it's actually better to have somebody... You don't know because I don't know. There's no preconceived notions and and yeah, at all. You know, no, totally. Like you know, right now I might have actually meant all that and been like a huge Donald Trump supporter, and you're like crossing your fingers. You're like, what's the deal? And and my my question for you actually was was going to be about Donald Trump. You see, everyone my age is saying like we're actually going to move to Canada. You yeah, know, yeah, um, I hear it all. And, I hear it every and, day. And as a Canadian, I'm just kind of curious. You know, like. A, do you think they're going to do that? And B, do you think they're going to find what they're looking for? Well, um, well the, yeah. <laughs> the most hilarious thing to me is that Americans just assume they can just come to Canada. Like, it's a different country, you know? It doesn't work like that. You can't just say, yeah, can I have a Canadian passport, please? And Canada goes, oh, sure, here you go. Like, it's not that simple, first of all. Definitely, I think that's definitely American exceptionalism slash imperialism at play right there. <laughs> yeah. We're just like, hey, we can go into there, right? Because you're like our little brothers, right? Right. Well, <laughs> well, by the same token, like, I can't come to America. I can't get an American passport or live like, geez, you're from California, Los Angeles? Man, I would love to live in Los Angeles. I can't. I'm not allowed. It doesn't work like that. No, it's 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 always. I'm sure it's been an interesting component of the Silverstein career to figure out America because we had a Canadian in our band for a couple of years, yeah, uh, and that was a very tricky component for us. Uh, one time he was definitely overstaying, I think, his thing, and we had to like get him home, and we were really freaked out if uh, when we like went through Canada and back into America if he would ever come back with us, but it worked out anyways and he, he's not with us anymore but that's still a component that we try to help him with because we're still close friends and he's still he's actually trying to live in la funny you say that yeah um, no, where, where do you live in canada i live in toronto okay cool he's in toronto as well, yeah so. yeah that's nice. yep that's where i love live toronto 
only been there once, but it was very cool. And it is, I believe, like the intellectual capital of the world, a lot of people are saying. Really? I know, yeah, a, lot of, I know a lot of idiots, so I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> You're like, I don't know. You should know my neighbors. We have a lot of we do have a lot of world class universities and stuff here. That's true. So, um, you so know, it's, many, the, it's yeah. the largest city in Canada, um, so yeah. it ends up kind of being like you know, because in in America you have obviously New York is is kind of the central, um, you know, the biggest city where a lot of things yeah. are centered around. But you still have yeah. like obviously Los Angeles, and you have like Chicago. See. In Canada, it tends to just basically Toronto is just the biggest city by far, so a lot of things kind of are here, you know. And obviously, not to downplay the importance of Montreal and the French culture, uh, you know, which is obviously important to Canada, but but Toronto is the biggest city and kind of where everything happens. Yeah, and it's I mean, yeah, it, it, it was definitely like the I'm sure for most people their first time in Canada, it's like okay, this is really where you have to go to get the get like the best maybe not the best but maybe the most like culturally rich experience and we definitely felt that way man it, it was cool because i i think almost every professor i had in grad school was actually um had studied in toronto at a few different universities and i think partially was because a lot of it seems like a trend for a lot of people to go from china uh to toronto to study and a lot of my professors were originally from china and seemed to study there. Yeah, so, yeah we definitely have a lot of people from china here uh there's a lot of people from everywhere here which is uh which you're right it is it is it does make the city unique and and that's cool pretty awesome yeah so that is that's that's really cool anyways man so uh, you're talking about people my age and you're you're you know you grad i know you graduated from from grad school and you've got a master's degree and all this stuff uh how old are you I'm 26. Okay, 20, 26, 26 a couple months okay. ago. Okay, yeah. yeah. You, um, it's interesting, man, because you got a bit of a later start, I feel, uh, than, Definitely. than most you know, bands. And in some ways, I think that's kind of rad because you know, most of the time when a band is writing their first record you know, and they're like 17, 18, you know, um, how do I put this without sounding insulting? They kind of don't know anything yet. They're, totally. You know what I mean? They're kind of yeah. idiots, and and a lot of times, the music or especially like the lyrics or the concepts that they're kind of going for, um, a lot of times they can be very immature, and totally. they can kind yeah, of be totally. not well thought out, um, yeah. just because there's Absolutely. like a lack of understanding there. So what I think is so cool about Silent Planet and you, Garrett, is how kind of advanced um, you know you guys are coming right out of the gate with mm. you know lyrically, conceptually. Well, ideologically like everything you're doing is is you know it, it is very next level and very i think it's great personally i think wow. it's really really like a great um it's a step forward for what a lot of bands are doing um and i just wonder how much of that you think is because you guys were a little older when you got started oh absolutely that that is a huge part of it well i think um you know it's funny because i i know exactly what you're saying about the age thing because um when I was 19, I started Silent Planet, and our first, both music and lyrics, I feel pretty embarrassed about. And right. it's a funny thing, because it's pretty hard to find. Like, it's probably on some, like, file-sharing site somewhere, but, like, uh, after we, when we started getting ready to put out our um, first full-length with our label in 2014, I, like, realized that that stuff was still on, like, iTunes, and I was like, you know, that doesn't really even help tell, like, that doesn't help really mean anything to us at all. Because it was a completely different lineup except for myself. Right. 
And so it was just kind of like, it would be one thing if it was all of us just five years younger, but like no one even had any connection to it besides me. And my connection was already pretty weak with it. So we just, we got it off the internet pretty much more or less. That and wasn't the it, EP that yeah. you made with um, Matt Goldman in Atlanta, was it? No, no. So that EP of a lot of people would say is our first EP and I don't right. correct them because uh, <laughs> it, it feels that way. But we did do like an EP in 2010 um, and uh, it was... Um, not, not our favorite. And, and it's funny cause those guys are still my friends in, in, uh, that, that I was with that we first started silent planet with, but it was just a very different time, you know? And, uh, frankly, uh, you know, l- looking back, we were, I think where a lot of local bands are where they're like, yeah, at the time, you know, the bands were the devil was Prada obviously was probably the main one and, and bands would be like, Hey, you know, let's, let, let's do that. You know, it, it, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of originality. It's just like you know, I, I see a lot of young bands today, and they're I was like, oh, you know, what do you like? They're like, oh, well, you know, we're like being as an ocean, and you know, they, they just actually want to be being as an ocean, uh, and really nothing more, nothing less. Well, the biggest and, and one, the, the biggest one from that era was Under Oath. I mean, everybody yeah, oh, totally. just wanted to be Under Oath. That's like if you talk to Devil Wears Prada, you bring them up. I remember basically. You know, they were a local band in Ohio. They started getting big, and <laughs> yeah, I was like, "So, what yeah. do you guys? You know, what do you guys listen to?" They're like, "Under Oath." It's like, "What else?" Mm-hmm. They're like, "Pretty much just Under Oath." I was like, just "Okay, then." You know, and it's funny you say that because we still feel that way. To be honest, uh, sorry, sorry, I cut you off, but yeah, we 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 are still as a band. We, we're probably like, yeah, Under Oath is definitely our favorite. Still. <laughs> but but uh, sorry, continue on. Well, there's something magical about Under Oath. I mean, I'm not definitely like, like there. There always was. And you know now that they're they're back together and everything like I you know I'm sure you probably caught them on the uh, at so at so what I don't know if you guys were there that day or um or the tour they did like there's something very magical about that band to this day and you know those things don't like those those bands only come around like once in a decade I think and they're one oh, of definitely. those bands you know like I'd say yeah. probably the decade before was maybe like refused you know yeah. the, the, like in yeah. terms of like you know hardcore bands or whatever. Um, you know they're they're rare, and um, I I appreciate what you guys are trying to do because I think you guys are. I don't think you're there yet. You have your second record coming, yeah. but yeah. I think you guys are on the trajectory where you're at least trying to do something special. Um, wow! You know, and, you. and I just watched your video for Panic Room, uh, which is, I mean, that's almost like a it's almost like a short film in a way. Like the way it's it's shot beautifully, um, it's very intense. It's wow. hard to not feel Thank something you. when you watch that, and I understand um, that is is about a friend of yours that that uh, is going yeah. through some PTSD from from Iraq. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our friend Gerald uh, he he told me a, a story when we were in the studio, and uh, initially, Panic Room was just going to be about panic attacks because we have a friend who, uh, or um, uh, some of the guys in our band actually have gone through panic attacks, and so the song was like pretty written. And then Gerald, we, we'd been talking, but he sent me this email and said, you know, I don't know why I think the, the Lord wants me to tell you this. And he sent me this long email about uh, his PTSD. And it was just one of those, I would call it like a holy moment where I was like, this is the song. And so I did something that I hate doing because I just, probably because I'm lazy, but I pretty much shoved everything off the table, rewrote the song um, to kind of reflect what he went through. And, and part of the, it was honestly kind of, natural because there is a lot of questioning nationalism and imperialism and i guess the the political 
I guess you could say overtones. Uh, this is something that yeah. um, I'm a conf- I-, I feel confident writing in, and it's something that I enjoy talking about. Kind of the mix of personal and like meta narrative, you know. And so it was cool to be able to, uh, yeah, just really connect with him on that and to try to tell his story. And it's created like a very deep friendship between us. Uh, and a uh, thing. yeah, it's been interesting. It's well, you must know, I mean, from your studies and stuff, you must know a lot about PTSD yourself just from learning about that. Right. You know, in terms yeah, of, yeah. of a psychology, decent, a decent amount for sure. You know, I, um, there, there's all these different concentrations folks get into in grad school and, um, a lot of my cohort, um, and this is like a six year, like, okay, from the beginning, to the end, we're going to be together uh, doing our things uh, until we get our PhDs. And so my, a lot of people in my cohort were going in to actually work with veterans. And obviously, PTSD is one of the very main things that, that, you, that comes up when you work sure. with veterans. And so from their stories, um, as well as I did see one student um, when I was doing, I was getting my hours, you know, and basically you're a therapist only exception is once a week you have to like talk about all your cases with an actual PhD so that they can actually give you guidance, which is a great thing. Absolutely, but, um, yeah. But it, it's a weird thing because you kind of kind of throw you out there, and all of a sudden you're a therapist and you're not ready. You know you're not ready, and you feel bad. But you're like, I hope I don't ruin anyone's life. But anyways, uh, <laughs> oh one, one, of, one of the folks was working through PTSD. Um, but uh, for, for the most part, it was actually a lot of other mood disorders that come up on this new album that uh i probably heard more about but it, so it's really gerald's story of ptsd that made ptsd very real to me because he was very explicit with me about what had happened um right. and uh uh i think i talked about in one like a explanation video kind of thing but he told me explicitly like why he had to kill a young man and uh and how he still remembers it uh very well and uh, yeah. Anyway, so that, that, that really kind of shook me up and, and kind of became the song. And it was kind of the weird song. And when we got home and we got the mixes back from Putney, I just kind of told the guys, I, I, you know, I think that this would probably be a good one to, uh, to put out first. Cause I, it, as, as weird as it is to say, or I don't I hope this doesn't sound narcissistic. I, we felt like this was the most like silent planet song on the record, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We just felt like this is really like a sound that I think people associate with us. Um, and so we thought it'd be cool to just come out with like one of the more like um, maybe unique songs on the record. I don't really know how to say it. No, I totally get what you're, what you're saying. Um, now I got to ask you a little bit about the video because, you know, obviously you're telling someone's personal story yeah, and obviously yeah. it's a, your interpretation in some ways with the lyrics that you wrote. But Absolutely. then when you actually do a film, you're not, I assume you didn't direct or shoot the video. So was it really, no. was it difficult to try to explain that vision to the director? And, um, and how so, hard was that? Because that's always a problem when you make a video that, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's the worst. I, I mean, to, to be honest, like we've worked in the past with cool video folks um, that, that we love working with. However, um, I, we kind of had this connection with Kevin. Uh, his name's Kevin Johnson. And okay. no joke. So Panic Room was his first music video. I feel like I should tell you that because that's kind of like a wow fact. That's a, big, a big wow fact. Wow. <laughs> he, yeah, it was his first music video. Now, it was not his first time being involved in a video. Actually, it was probably his like 100th time being involved because he'd been working under um, Aaron Marsh, uh, you know, Sons of Nero guy. Um, okay, you you yeah. might have worked with him at some point or seen his name. And um, Aaron's incredibly talented. And, and Aaron was at the shoot of the video. 
but he, he was more so kind of helping out and really let Kevin take the lead because um, Kevin had reached out to me on our Facebook, which is funny because we don't do a good job of checking those, but for some reason I opened it <laughs> and it was like, Hey, uh, you know, I shot, I, I helped shoot this video for four today. And it was definitely our favorite video for today I'd ever done. It's like called bitter roots. And there's, they're like silhouettes with like green screen stuff kind of superimposed onto them. And yep. It, it was it was it was, a, it was a bit more artful for four today, and I, I told the four today guys like easily our favorite video you'd shot. And so when he when he mentioned that, I was like, you know, I I, I just got, I, it was weird. Like we got on the phone, and he really seemed interested in the details and in like how to tell the story. And with honestly only four thousand dollars, he was able to make Panic Room happen. That's and that amazing. involved me me flying out to Georgia and flying back um, wow. between between two tours that we had had a little gap. So flew out there and um, it, it, it was very collaborative. Like he, a lot of these creative visuals were his idea. And I also had a few visual ideas, but mostly just overall narrative. And it, it was cool to feel like we really, really like felt and heard each other. And, and Kevin and I are, I, I kid you not, like he's texting me right now saying, Hey, uh, here's the new cut for we, uh, this video that we're putting out in two days. He's, he's texting me right now about oh, great. Um, getting back to him for? on that. It's called Orphan, um, and it's um, it's funny. We've actually been playing that song live for like three months now. We played it at So What Fest. And cool. We've been playing that for a while, but um, because it was maybe not not the most traditional song, but definitely not the most unique song on the record, we wanted to like have it kind of be the last single we put out before the record. So yeah, so we're, we're working on that, and to be honest. Um, this this song kind of scares the shit out of me as far as the video goes because um, it could easily be misinterpreted and, and offend a lot of people. So we're really? trying to very delicately, yeah, yeah, we feel like very delicately trying to work through this video and so that it will show what we want to show. And obviously some people will see this and be offended no matter what. But but the, the goal is to maybe not offend the most amount of people. <laughs> well, can you tell me what the song's about and, and yeah. kind of what the video yeah. is? Because by the time this comes out, the video will be out, I guess, right? Oh, if you say it's okay, two days, so Sorry about that. I was right, talking no, you about said, it in future tense, but we, we should yeah, be talking in past tense. <laughs> well, yeah, it's always awkward. But no, I think this will come out pretty soon. But um, okay. you, you say you're going to put the video out in two days? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it'll. De- I mean, definitely. Uh, what today is? What today is Wednesday? So yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. yeah Friday, it'll be. Yeah. yeah. We'll be good. We'll be good. So. Okay. So the song is yeah. Orphan, and the video you say is going to offend people. Uh, yeah. Please, I, I think, please describe. I think it will. Um. So. I, mean, I guess I'll start with the song. The song is uh, about. I mean, I guess the first line of the song kind of says it. This first line of the song is respective perspectives, worshiping directives. And it's the idea that, that I personally have that when we, we, we see so much violence in the Middle East and we see uh, um, b- basically it's juxtaposing uh, the first half is about how um, jihad has kind of taken the forefront of people's imagination of Islamic culture and about how mm-hmm. jihad involved uh more or less uprooting the more a lot of the more peaceful culture uh and kind of acting as a weed and kind of strangling um things and and often involves really youthful violent men kind of overtaking the elders and the culture that that was there and so the, the kind of the first half of the song is about that and the second half is about western imperialism and i think one of the lines is um um, harvesting destruction, reaping the sow from weapons we planted in the soil. And it's the idea that um, 
uh, which I think more and more people are starting to agree with. I think maybe 10 years ago in America, if you would have said this, people would be very angry. But I think people are starting to see that perhaps our interventionism isn't helping. <laughs> and perhaps uh, the way that the way that our, our economy is fueled by our presence in the Middle East may have a negative impact on some of the people there. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, you think? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I try to say maybe because I, you know, like, <laughs> I, I don't want to be so bold as to like, right. tell everyone how to think. But, you know, I mean, even a lot of my friends who are pretty conservative are starting to move more libertarian because they're starting to think, well, maybe we can just, you know, be conservative economically, but not necessarily go to other countries and take their resources. But anyways, uh, so I guess the, the song uh, is about that. And, and caught in the middle of the song are, are these two brothers um, who in the song, they're twins, and one becomes an, an Islamic radical, and the other one becomes a peace activist. And at the end, uh, he's captured, and there's a hood over his head, and he pulls it off, and the guy, um, the, the, the Islamic radical, sees his brother and realizes that he's about to behead his brother. And basically, his brother says, like, you know, you can take my life. It was never mine, and kind of has a very... Uh, a very peaceful response. I guess what I'd consider a Jesus response of like, I'm here to love you. I'm not here to hurt you. And says, you can take my life because my blood will sow peace. And so the song kind of deals with like, would this violence be possible if, if we could actually see everyone as our brothers? So in the video, uh, we, we went a slightly different direction, but basically long story short, two men, what one man uh, one man is uh, from the Middle East and one guy's from the West. And basically it's a perception creates reality situation where this man's mourning his, his family's loss and he's holding flowers. And then anytime you'll see the, uh, the man from America looking at him, all of a sudden he finds a bomb in his hands. And it's this kind of terror of like, this isn't me. I don't know why there's this bomb. And, 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 and this this kind of perception of this guy, and then you see that you see these babies um, who are also one one has darker skin and one has lighter skin, and kind of see these babies looking at each other with wonder, and then you see these grown men looking at each other with fear, and kind of I guess hopefully ask people the question like, how do we grow backwards, and, and you know to where like a baby would never assume this other baby's you know uh, this intrinsically evil thing trying to kill us. But 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 we wow, yeah. but yeah. We, we we so much fear is instilled in us by culture and by by the world. So that's yeah, that's kind of the idea of it. Yeah, that's sorry for the long winded. No, answer. that's no, that's fine. I mean, that's that's obviously very heavy, and you know, in the wake of the Orlando shooting and yeah. everything, yeah, I could see how that it's yeah, I'm sure it's going to offend people, and and yeah. you're going to have to explain that. You know, probably, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's hard with imagery too, right? Because it is, it is. You know, and and you only have whatever you know. The song's probably between three and a half and four minutes long to kind of put everything in and still have like shots <laughs> of you guys playing. You know, to try to um, describe you know this stuff visually and definitely. There's a yeah. challenge there, and hopefully people understand it. But you know, I mean, hey, it's uh, at least you guys are trying to say something. You know, going back to what I yeah. was saying earlier about you guys lyrically and stuff, and one thing I thought was really interesting too about about your lyrics is how you actually reference, like you actually have footnotes in your lyrics where you actually reference what you're talking about mm-hmm. in your songs, which, to be honest, I don't think I've ever seen that before. I, I mean, like, 
there's there's definitely been songs like I've I've read you know lyric books and stuff where yeah people yeah. have kind of described it you know like especially bands like like somebody like Propagandi who are super political oh, totally. you know yeah. where they're they're gonna they're gonna explain what it's the songs about and ref you know and and put in brackets things but to actually use numbers and footnotes I thought that was really interesting is that something was that your own idea or did you get that from somebody yeah. else I think I think it was my own idea I. I, I say I think because one day I might be looking at lyrics and be like, wait, I got it from him. But um, I don't honestly listen to like a crazy amount of artists. And so I don't think I saw it from anyone. I mean, I, I guess what had happened is um, I, you know, my, I, I, as you were saying, we have a kind of unique path into this. And my path was strangely like, you, you, you know, like I, I meet so many guys who like are, 25 and they're and they're like finishing their tour life like i guess i'll go to school and it's funny because i didn't start touring till i was like 24 um and but i really always wanted that like dude i would watch i would watch videos of you guys on tour of of, of under oath on tour of devil's probably just (laughs) different bands i I would watch your guys's tour stuff or like look at you on off days at warp tour going to like shasta lake where i grew up and like I, i i like wanted that more than anything like that that deep kind of want that like you you dream about it then you wake up and you think about it and it was just like really this desire and so um but anyways uh, sorry it's kind of getting off track uh i was i was in the institution you know and we were we would do papers and research stuff all day and so it just kind of i guess started to make sense to uh, when I was writing the lyrics and, and, you know, I knew that a lot of these things were references to things I'd read or some of them were quotes. I was like, well, yeah, that'd be cool in a kind of concise way to, absolutely. to, do, to footnote it just like Chicago to Arabian style in my papers. No, absolutely. I <laughs> so think kind of nerdy, but it, yeah. No, it totally makes sense with your background that you would do that, you know, um, you know, yeah. put in a uh, whatever bibliography you know for lack yeah, of a better better word yeah. um well yeah, you know, yeah essentially what it is yeah, yeah. you know I- into your lyrics which is funny because because i do that too like you know I'll, obviously i'm i have quotes and i have references to things but yeah. i ne- but i i would never i would never like sh- i don't want people necessarily to know about all those references because in a way, you know, music is supposed to be open to interpretation. Very much. You know, yeah. and I and obviously like especially with you guys, you know, the funny thing is like Silverstein, we're not a Christian band, I'm not a Christian. The amount mm-hmm. of people that interpret our music as Christian, especially early in the early days, I thought was really funny. Oh, you know, dude, you know I, what no, I, mean? I remember that. No, I re- I remember like on like pure volume and stuff, people like debating if you guys were a Christian band. Yeah, well, my favorite was songmeetings.net. You know that website? So, yeah, songmeetings.net. Yeah, I think yeah, it's still yeah. there. It's not as active as it was, but I love that website because you could read the lyrics and then people would talk about you know their interpretation. Now, yeah. with your band, though, don't you feel like you're losing that? You're losing the open to interpretation that people can take away from your music because well, you're being so obvious about what it's about? Or is that no, not really totally. as important to you? Well, it's funny you say that because on this record, a, a, a slight difference that only I think the people who are like maybe super, super follow us and like maybe we're really into our last album will notice. But in our last album, I did a little bit more and I kind of regret of I would do a footnote and there would be like a small paragraph of like, uh, for instance, you know, uh, uh, we made a temple to thieves and enshrined the great criminal uh, who promised us heaven without God. And then I made a small paragraph about how Joseph Stalin came over 
you know, took power after killing many people and then was kind of worshipped almost by his people for a while. And so I kind of explained that. Whereas in this record, the footnotes are still there and there's even more of them, but it's mostly just like a, more of just a bibliography, more of just like, I'll just reference the book that inspired it. Right. Because to me, that allows people to like, do further reading and, and maybe like learn some stuff that I find to be very important. But I don't, like especially like in the, in the Orphan song, I talk a lot about, about American interventionism, but I don't really say like I'm talking about American interventionism or I'm talking about, you know, the Iraq-Iran uh, Contra scandal of 1977. Uh, I'll just more so like maybe reference the book, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, no. or, or maybe just the political event, but I won't really go into great detail about what was right and wrong because I agree. I, I, I want people to be able to uh interpret absolutely yeah no i I totally get that and that's that's a great approach i think there's just for me one thing i love doing is i love writing a line to where i'm not even sure which side (laughs) i'm on like you know what i mean because sometimes you know you're writing something and it almost has like a double or a triple meaning oh so much so so when you do that when you footnote something then you're you're almost like giving it away you know what i mean because you're gonna say oh it's this when it's like really like maybe you could reference something or, or you could say a line that might be from two different books, you know, or yeah, two different yeah. books that are complete opposite. So I, oh, I just totally. found that I just found that stuff really, really unique and interesting. And I, I really enjoyed uh, listening to your album and, and reading your lyrics. Cause I think it's. Uh, wow. Thank you. I think it's really, really uh, like forward thinking and, and unique, um, which is awesome. Thank you. Uh, so, Danny, I you really know, appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Thank you, man. No, thank you. Um, but I wanted to uh, go back a little bit. You were talking about how, you know, you're in school, you're, you know, kind of living this, you know, this existence where you're probably, you know, going to class, going home, working, you know, eating, sleeping when you can, and then sort of thinking about music here and there. Yeah. Um, But you said you'd kind of dream about going on tour and that's, that was kind of like all you really wanted to do. It was so, everything, honestly. So how how did that all happen? How did you get involved with playing music, and how do you do you find yourself now? You know, about to release your second album. Uh, yeah, how, can tell me the story, the whole story from from the beginning until up right okay. now, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, totally. Um, basically, uh, I my whole freshman year, I'd like kind of met people at school who were musicians because you know college is this crazy thing where you meet people from all these different backgrounds and all these very talented people. And I realized how very untalented I was when I went to college because I was meeting all these people <laughs> who were like, like really, really good at guitar, but they were just going to school for like molecular engineering or something crazy. <laughs> what school and did it was you go like, to? Um, I went to a school called Azusa Pacific University. It is the second largest evangelical Christian school in America. And to be honest, I'm thankful that it's also probably the least um, – I think it's the least oppressive Christian school in America, I, I will say. I, not to say that all Christian schools are oppressive because there's a lot of really cool ones. But uh, a, a lot of schools, you know, like require a statement of faith. And APU is like, hey, you, you can believe whatever you want to come here. And, okay. Uh, you know, and, and a lot, some schools are like just pretty much outright not okay with people being openly gay. And APU is like, that's fine, you know. Right. So I, I, I like that the, the school has no interest in babysitting adults and telling them what they should do with their life. But it is also still actively Christian, which is to say, like, they have theology majors and Bible majors and 
and they, you know, they have cool like mission trips where they say, Hey, let's go build houses. So in my opinion, it's what a Christian school should be where like they still practice their faith, but they also don't oppress people with it. So anyways, uh, uh, that little caveat. Um, so no, I, I, I like, I like there. the caveats. They're good. They're good. <laughs> it was, it was, I, I, I have, I always got to give them a shout out. I, I really do appreciate that place. And I think that I have a lot of friends who are not Christians who went there and we're also very stoked on it. And that makes me happy that, uh, it's it's being closer to what I think the Church of Christ should be, um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So the uh, you know studied and uh, did that thing and, and started meeting talented people, and then one day got on Craigslist and met some other dudes. Uh, one of them had just got kicked out of Asking Alexandria, which was really random, <laughs> and uh, he was kind of salty about that and wanted to start a a real rocking band to be as rocking as them, which uh, we failed at probably. But, um, you know, uh, <laughs> met, 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 met some different dudes and kind of had this mix of like some college kids who had no idea than some guys who were like more aware of how it went. And yes, yeah, so it did that for a while. And then after two years, everyone quit, <laughs> like everyone quit. And I was pretty heartbroken. Um, actually, I'm sorry, one of the guys didn't quit. So Nathan and I kind of found some other dudes including a kid who was, you know, trying to get away from home. And basically what I did is I became a resident advisor, which is like, uh, you know, the RA, I don't know if you've heard yeah. of it. Basically, you like enforce yep. the school rules. But the reason I became it, I will admit, was because I got a free apartment and I had my whole band move in with me, which was totally <laughs> against the rules. The whole point of being an RA, I kid yeah. you not, the whole point of being a senior RA was uh, to make sure that, that, that people aren't like, you know, cohabitating with someone if they're not married and like make sure that people aren't like just having people move in and have parties, but to, you know, to make sure that the student housing is for students. Sure. And I broke that one rule. Like I legitimately became what I had to become to break the rule because I knew that if we could have a free housing, all my, all these dudes who seem to be from central California, like Bakersfield and Fresno and all those pretty tough places, um, were able to get out of it and come live in LA with me. So basically that's how it all like really started. And from there, um, I, I, yeah, we recorded with Matt, I graduated college. I went to grad school, but still had that kind of desire. And when I started grad school, we started doing small little tours and had this tricky little thing of like, I would fly home to take a test or like fly home to see some of my clients in therapy and then fly back for the show. And it was getting kind of costly on the flight thing as well as it was just like, you know, we weren't like playing big shows. It was kind of silly to like fly back for a show and play for 20 people in like, you know, uh, gosh, Amarillo, Texas kind of right, thing. Right. So it, it was just getting kind of like, okay. And so uh, after two years, I got my master's degree uh, and it felt like a pretty healthy jumping point to just stop doing full-time school because I I'd achieved something that I can go back with. Um, before yeah, getting sure. into a bunch of doctoral work that potentially I can't really ever transfer or use anywhere else. So yeah, so kind of that was the jumping point. And um, uh, along the way, have met, honestly, dude, just very talented musicians. I'm not a musician. I don't know if I said that. Like I, I can play like three chords on a guitar terribly. I am totally not a Caleb Shomo person who like fronts a band, but is also very, very musically gifted. You know, though, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't believe you, man. That's not like to say you're not a musician because you don't, you can't play an instrument. I don't think that's accurate. You know, huh. uh, I don't, yeah, I just don't, I, explain, I don't agree if you with don't you. Mind. I'm kind of curious because like, that would be like saying, 
uh, a rapper on the street, you know, that just hmm. claps his hands and raps and freestyles yeah. or whatever. I think that's a musician. You know what I mean? Just if he doesn't wow. play an instrument, I think he's a musician. I think that what you're doing, basically taking, making sounds, you know, with your voice and use, you know, using literature and whatever and, and writing, that's, that's music. That's, that's the definition of music. So to say huh. you're not a musician wow, is like, you. is kind of ridiculous to me. Wow. Well, I, I appreciate it. I, I honestly haven't thought about that. The, the rap, the rap parallel is a good point though. Cause I definitely don't want to be a, uh, don't want to be the white guy saying that rappers aren't musicians because I, I, do, I, do, I actually I love rap like rap is probably the the genre of anything that most influences a lot of what happens well I have to be us. careful so, too because I'm 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 making an assumption that like a rapper on the street doesn't play an instrument which is a terrible assumption to make too no no totally because there's yeah. a lot of rappers that that are amazing musicians and are oh, better totally. musicians than me or or it's, even especially Caleb, the new wave even of the rap. great Caleb Shomo uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I can say that. No, but but, no, but yeah, uh, man. No, I, yeah. and yeah, and I, I'm sure. But but no. What what you do by definition, you are a musician. Um, huh. But I mean, I'll ask you straight up. Like, do you feel sometimes like you're basically a, a screamer, right? Like you don't do. Totally. Yeah. I the, the closest I get to seeing is I kind of yell at notes here and there. Right. <laughs> so you know, but do you feel like sometimes maybe you're. I don't want to say a fraud, but a, like a little bit like you've pulled the wool over people's eyes to get in your position where you're the singer of a band, but I you think, don't feel like a musician. I think, um, I think in a sense, I, I have felt that before. However, from my side of things, it kind of keeps me in the place of humility that I want to be in. Where like, because I'm pretty open with people, like, yeah, you know, like kids show me the, like their, their guitar covers of our band. And I'm like, you are infinitely more talented than I will ever be. And, and I mean that I'm not just saying that to be nice. And the reason why I guess I'm happy to be in this position is like, for me, my faith in Christ is about humility and about and, and, and it's so sad. Cause I think, I think above all the, the greatest like constant sin that I see in most like Christians lives in America is I see a lot of pride, a lot of like, you know, we're going to tell people how to live their lives. And it's just, it's very far from the humility that Christ embodied. And, and I think that my lack of talent, um, I mean, kind of, you know, a lot of my favorite people who are in the Bible are these people who like, you know, uh, like a lot of people think that Moses had a stuttering problem and, you know, led, led Israel out of, out of slavery or Paul had like all these health problems and it's just, just a lot of people that were kind of losers. You know, Jesus chose like tax collectors and like political radicals who were trying to overthrow the state, just people who like really weren't respectable. And so I do kind of take pride in the fact that, you know, I, I'm kind of a loser in a lot of ways musically and that's okay. And I, I love, you know, my, my band always jokes about how terrible my timing can be. And it's so true. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, typical like screamer dude. And it's, I just, you know, I, I'm very honored to be able to play with the musicians in my band because I really do think our drummer is probably one of the best drummers uh, a, a young person will ever see at a show. Um, and I don't, it's pretty silly. To be honest, I don't know how much you know about drumming. I just, I do know that <laughs> when this record comes out, a lot of people will say like, that guy. <laughs> uh, it, it's like, we're so blessed to be able to play with him. And our guitarist is an actual machine. Um, and, uh, the dude who I've been writing music with from the beginning, Spencer is, is gonna, I, I do think he's going to write 
uh, scores for movies that people will remember. And, and, and it's, it's this crazy amount of talent and I'm in the middle of it just trying to sometimes be the coach and just keep everyone encouraged. Right. And, you know, I, I do, we have a manager, but I would say also do a lot of management work as well and kind of, uh, I think too much about merch and I think too much right. about how our van's doing and, and our, stuff like that. Well, so, I mean, yeah. obviously what you bring <laughs> to the table in terms of lyrics and ideas and concepts and everything, that stuff, I think I will, I will argue that that's what makes silent planet special, you know? So, mm. yeah. uh, you know, because obviously like huh. there are people will debate, Oh, is he the best drummer or maybe this drummer's better or can this guitar player like, you know shred as as hard as this other guy well i don't know you can talk about (laughs) that forever but i think what you're doing you know lyrically is uh uh is is special so um, well thank you i I appreciate that yeah don't dude don't be so hard on yourself (laughs) we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I did read that, that your guitar player Spencer doesn't tour. Is that true? Um, yes, yes. Spencer does not tour with us. Um, How do I get that job, man? <laughs> this uh th- 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 this record was cool too because um this record was the first like very collaborative record from us um previously it was pretty much Sp- spencer would write the music and i would write the, the the vocal stuff and um this record uh our guitarist who joined right after um right after we finished writing the night god slept um, is also very talented. He's one of those weird geniuses who, like, he taught himself Russian when he was 16 because he was, like, bored. <laughs> oh, okay. And so, like, he speaks Russian really well and, like, speaks Spanish super well and is learning Japanese now and getting good at that. And we were in China and he was, like, picking up conversation. Just really, like, strangely gifted dude. And he awesome. joined the band and basically very quickly, like, figured out what makes us us musically and started to like write within our paradigm. And that was the coolest thing. Cause y- you know how it is as a band. Like a lot of times people are talented at writing their own version of what they think our music should be, but oftentimes don't really have the like maybe capacity or the patience to like, say like, okay, well I'm going to write as a member of Silverstein. Oh though. yeah. I'm not, I'm not just going to write like what I think, Oh, you know, that's exactly like what happened. Music should be. That's exactly what happened with us when Paul Mark joined the band. He knew exactly what we were trying to do, and he had his he had his own twist on it. But he was able to come in and write with us, just like, like good Silverstein songs. Yeah, he yeah. knew he knew what to do. So yeah. I, I can totally I totally get that. Yeah, and, and so we 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 have that now, and, and it's cool because this record I would say is pretty pretty even uh, between those two guys doing a lot of the initial writing, and then. Also, our, our drummer really became so much more confident in his abilities and I think is, is going to throw a lot of drumming in that will uh, be new for a lot of people who listen to, I guess, metalcore. You know, and, and, and Thomas, our bassist, uh, was way more involved too with a lot of it. So it was, it was a very collaborative thing. And I think as a record, we're, we're very aware that a lot of people will be like, wait, this record isn't quite as like metalcore with all the tapping stuff as we want. But 
as a band, we're very happy with it because we feel like it represents everyone, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't find you guys to be like typical metalcore anyways. I find it it's a little more like hardcore, even sometimes like post-hardcore-y like, stuff. That's the vibe I get. I don't get the same... I don't know. I don't. I don't get like. I don't think you guys sound a lot like. I'm trying to think of a very metalcore band like, shit, like I don't Dying or yeah, I think, I think like that. The or, common or, thing's Oh Sleeper. Like a lot of people say, like you know, the, a lot of people I think thought that we wanted to be O Sleeper. If you're familiar with of course their music I am, at yeah, all, of course. And and like we really like those guys. They're so cool. Like we got to know them uh, as friends and did some shows with them, and they're really rad. But like. I think that their vision of O Sleeper and our vision of Silent Planet is quite different. And, I, and it's funny because we're both coming out with music. And I think that's really going to show. Because yeah. I think for a long time, we felt like people wanted us to do the O Sleeper thing. Um, and we, we love the O Sleeper thing. But, uh, and we have some songs on our last record that you could easily say. That, that's pretty dang similar. But mm-hmm. I, think, um, I think you'll see like, us kind of creating the sound that we want to be. But obviously, along the way, people will be disappointed, and I'm sure you guys have seen more of that than I know. So, yeah, of <laughs> uh, well, you know, not you, sorry, not not not, not disappointing people, but you guys have done what you felt like what was the right thing for Silverstein, and I'm sure uh, a lot of people were like, "No, you were supposed to be fill in the blank," you know, and yeah, now you're sure. being your own band. Sure, <laughs> I mean, you know, I think you got to be your own band. I mean, I think mm-hmm. you can't worry about what other people are doing. You got to do what's what's right for you and i think that's sounds like that's the approach you guys are taking um so you guys you guys are you're home right now uh in southern california and you guys are about to start the warp tour very soon is that right yes yeah um we are leaving in like three or four days because we're playing a couple shows and then yeah have you done on the 24th have you done warp tour before no we haven't i was there's the other thing besides the donald trump canada thing I was going to ask you about Warped because, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, – it's, it's just it's all very interesting because obviously Warped is, I feel, it seems like the real center place of our music scene because of, if nothing else, uh, financially, how much money comes in and out. It's almost like, you know, everyone – at some is at least aware of Warp Tour and has an idea of it, whether it's we want to play it or we don't. But everyone is kind of. I feels like Warp Tour seems to be almost like the, the, the that central marketplace of our yeah, entire world. You I know? think a lot of people, like there's a lot of people out there, you know, especially various cities um, across America. Like you know, I, I, let me think of a, a city that's a good example. Like let's say um, Indianapolis. Warp Tour plays Indianapolis every year. Um, not that many tours go through Indianapolis, uh, you know, so there's a lot of, um, you know, kids that, that basically they'll go to one show a year and it's Warp Tour, you know what I mean? So you have a lot of people that basically they go to Warp Tour every year and then whatever bands are there, those are the bands that they see, that they check out, yeah. they buy yeah. their records, they become fans of them, you know, and, and, and you know, that's, that's just a thing, you know, people know yeah. about it. It's been going on for a long time, uh, which means it's just great exposure um, for bands because a lot of people don't go to totally. every you know every metalcore hardcore show Absolutely. that comes to their town they just can't they don't have time or whatever um, oh, so it's great exposure um, have you you've attended Warp Tour before yes um, I went when I just graduated high school in Kansas City as visiting family and then we went a couple years ago because we were playing a festival in Minnesota on our own little tour and the dudes in Florida today were nice enough to guest list us 
And so we saw kind of the behind the scenes a little bit, yep. but that's, that, that's all, like, that's all yep. we know is this very limited scope. I know some of my guys have never been to Warped Tour, so. Yeah, yeah. well, it'll be an experience. Um, <laughs> By the definitely. way, we're doing it in a van. I feel like I should oh, just close. Oh, no, dude. I, yeah, just, so, just so that you understand. Um, <laughs> are you doing the whole thing? How, no, we aren't actually. We are, uh, we're, honestly, it's kind of this interesting thing where, uh, we, we thought we, we kind of thought a full thing was coming in and then we got a partial thing, still super grateful. And then I guess, uh, I think Kevin had spoken to someone in, in our camp and said that, you know, I'll keep an eye on them and I might be extending offers. So I guess it is possible it gets extended, but I, we obviously don't like expect that. So yeah, uh, we're, we're most likely just honest, doing the first half. If you guys are doing it in a van, I think just keep it to the half of the tour. Keep it half. No, no, totally. It's yeah. like, honestly, dude, like, <laughs> it's dangerous man like it's it's dangerous it's fucked up i i i don't think i know bands have done it in vans before but getting through it without breaking up having a member leave the band or like actually dying in an accident like i'm i'm totally. not even i'm not even being no 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 i i, I know i i believe you, you have like, to be careful because because seriously man like you're gonna load in you're gonna have to be there in the morning at like i don't know like 7 a.m., right? Yeah, like, eight, yeah, because you're going to have to, like, I don't know what stage you guys are on. I didn't check that, but. Uh, it's the small one. It's the, uh, uh, it's called Full Sail University um, Stage. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure, but um, whatever. You're going to have to be there early. I don't know if they have a truck to unload. You might have to help with that. I don't know. But you got to be there at, you know, 9 in the morning. You know, the show ends at, like, 8.30. And then, if, you know, if it's an eight-hour drive, like, when are you going to sleep? Well, that's the good thing is the one thing, because we're obviously just working within our means, you know, like a bandwagon, sharing a bus kind of stuff was, was out of our means. Because uh, yeah. we are, we are, we're, I, I guess it's, it's one of those things where we're, we're very much been, we've always been very DIY as far as like we are with a record label. However, like our record label does a great job handling the record and all the music stuff. But it's not one of those like, you know, I've seen a lot of bands, including a lot of them on our stage, who like all of a sudden, like, you know, someone from a popular band noticed them, boom, you're on this label, here's a bunch of money, your first tour is with fill in the blank, and it's just kind of like, you know, big thing after big thing. And that's great for those bands, you know, but for us, it, it has always been just kind of a building process and, you know, working with what we got. And so, yeah, with Warped, we knew it would be tough because we are not going to get some like 10 grand, you know, uh, recoupable loan from the label or something. Um, and so it was like, well, you know, we're going to, uh, <laughs> we're going to have to sweat in a van, but we did hire a driver, um, That's because good. we can't afford that. So we all hopefully will be tired enough, which I'm sure we will to just boom, pass out and then wake up in the yeah. next city and do it again. But yeah, I mean, if something goes wrong or the, the ride is really bumpy, there's a good chance that, uh, people will see us on stage looking like zombies. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm yeah. But halfway through, like when you're two, two and a half weeks in, oh, it's going to be rough, but you got to make friends with uh, a band that has a bus. So you can with just go chill. Bands. You can go chill uh, on their bus during the day because totally. it's a long day to just be of outside course. in the heat or like running well, your van like all day in the, with the AC, like, have AC, you know? Like, no, I mean, I, I'm not, I haven't done warp tour, but I have done a lot of hell weeks and in, in high school sports. And I am very aware that like, it is dangerous to physically be in the sun for 10 hours a day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely hope to, uh, <laughs> definitely, you know, 
praying that we meet some cool people on the bus or that maybe it's the coldest <laughs> the coldest summer of the of, of the history of the world but yeah like no it's it's definitely like yeah we're we're uh we are being the same band we've always been in DIYing it. I will say one summer we spent in Japan and China and that was pretty gnarly and pretty hot because in China we just were taking like hot hot trains the whole time and uh yeah. crowded trains and we were like carrying our walking our gear for a couple miles every day. So I think China, strangely enough, gave us a small taste of Warp Tour. But right. we'll see. I, I, might, I might be hitting you up and being like, never mind. China was paradise compared to this tr- struggle. So <laughs> we'll see. That's super we'll interesting see. that you guys have already been to China. Uh, Silverstein, <laughs> we've never been to China. We, we've been to Hong Kong and we have our first Chinese show in Shanghai. Oh, uh, no oh, way. Sh- oh, maybe I can't talk with, about that. Oh, well, we're, oops. Is it with Paul uh, from Hot Pot? Uh I I actually don't Paul know. Hoang. I know we're going to China later this year. Yeah. Um, that's totally. all I know. But um, how did that? How did that <laughs> come all, up with you guys so early in your see, career going to China? I guess that's kind of our band. Like like I was saying, like I mean, we we didn't get a we didn't get a manager till like you know a lot later than a lot of bands and label kind of later. And so pretty early on, I realized that like if our band was going to function, I we had to learn how to do everything. You know, we had to learn sure. how to make our own make our own good shirts, and we had to learn how to market ourselves, and not really be a band that like just kind of gets lifted. But we had to learn how to climb ourselves, you know. And so, one of those things was as far as getting tours. Like, I would just straight up like hit people up and be like, "Dude, I'm sorry to punish you because I know that bands do this all the time, but um, you know, here's our stuff." And and it, it did help us. Uh, the dudes in Four Today, um, who in my opinion, are, are definitely of, of the metalcore bands we've met. Some of the more musically inclined and just interested uh, artistically uh, in different bands, they listened to us and they were like, dude, like we're into it. And, and, and they, uh, they took us on like a five-day tour and then the different 13-day. And, um, and then finally they took us on a headliner. And um, stuff like that just kind of came from like, you know, I would be working merch for other bands and, uh, the guys in a band called Phineas have helped us so much when we were like, I mean, dude, one time we were touring and they let us hop on their tour and gave us half their guarantee every day. Wow. So we each got it. So we each got a hundred dollars and you know, like when we're on tour, dude, we, we only call for free food. Like we don't buy food. Like everything is free, like for food and we stay at people's houses and yep. we've just learned how to be as cheap as possible. And I know that you know these things, but I'm guessing a lot of listeners might not know that. No, that's I mean, how I, used to eat, <laughs> I used to eat Taco Bell three times a day because that's all I could afford. Totally. You know? um, totally. Absolutely. Just to get the dollar, dollar burrito, dollar taco. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. But, but sorry, sorry. You went to China with for today or? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, that was, so that was just kind of another pretty DIY thing. Um, I think we hit up – I'm trying to think of how I got his contact info. I think it might have been Tyler from Beings in Ocean. Might have, I forget. Uh, someone – I got his contact info and just hit him up. And he was like, well, you know, we can help you pay for flights, but you got to play like 11 shows. And we found out quickly that that's a lot of China. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it's um, Ch- China's exhausting if you do it the way we do it because you're carrying all your gear. You get on a train. Everyone's kind of staring at you. And, and, and China is, I tell people all the time, the opposite of Japan. Like I couldn't oh, think yeah. of two more That's different cultures. And like they, they, 
the people in China are, are they're kind of, you know, they're in your personal space and, and you, you feel like everyone's staring at you. And, 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 you know, obviously our countries uh, are so different because they've uh, remained somewhat closed off. Um, so it, it was a very interesting situation, but that like a lot of things just kind of came from taking risks and sort of, uh, doing it way DIY. And, and, it, and it's funny cause it's totally like trial by error, you know, like I, at the end of that tour, my band was looking at me like, dude, you're an idiot. Like, I mean, we, we, we had a great time, but we were also like, wow, that was like, we weren't prepared, you know, for, for what right. that would look like. And, 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 uh, you know, it was it's always been this interesting thing. And when we went to Japan, the guy just never paid us. And we were like, Oh, bummer. I, and we're kind of just sitting in Japan, like, like calling our parents saying like, Hey mom, can you loan me 500 bucks? Because, um, we don't have enough money for this like baggage thing. Cause these people just charge us $2,000 to get on the plane. Like it was just highway robbery, but we were like, Oh yeah. The what baggage are, what thing. Are we yeah. Do? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You know how that is. Oh, like yeah. weigh everything we have like, cases we've had like cases we have our cases built so that whatever's in them and the case weighs 50 pounds oh wow so yeah, so, so, so here's the thing here's the thing it's funny because we, yeah, we do that for america right but when you go to some of these really sketchy airlines in in the asian countries um they will just make you weigh everything including your carry-ons your backpacks mm-hmm. and everything and you weigh everything and it's a flat fee per like yeah um Per, per per kilogram. Yep, I've had, we've so, had that yeah. we've had that happen to us before. One time we had to cancel. I forget where we were. I feel like we were in Russia. Actually, we had to cancel oh, wow. the flights. Dude, you've been Russia. Oh, we've done it three times. Holy crap! That's 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 a dream. We haven't. I, we've been in the Moscow airport, but we haven't actually done Russia. That's oh yeah, awesome. no, it's 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 great. I love Russia. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I forget what it was. But it was it ended up being cheaper for us to cancel our flights and book other flights that had baggage allowance included yeah. on a different airline than it would have been to pay, you know, to, to yeah. take all our gear. So no, uh, totally. It, yeah. That's it something almost... people don't, people don't always understand. Like when, what you have to go through when you're, you know, flying to other countries, it can be crazy. Oh dude, it is. And it's funny you say that cause it was almost comparable to cancel and book with someone else. However, we had a show in actually in Shanghai, um, the next day and we knew that we probably weren't going to get paid if we didn't play all of our shows so we were like we just did it but it i was over like two thousand dollars and yeah it was just like i i don't think i've ever felt like that cheated before and i'm shocked that the that the, you got ripped off in japan because japan is so on top of things well you know? it was because it was a it was a sketchy china airline we were in japan but we were in the airport so it was like you know it was very much uh uh, it was it, it was yeah, in yeah, their yeah. control. But I thought you but, meant yeah. I thought you meant like the the promoter in Japan didn't. Pay oh the, no, yeah, yeah, he did rip us off. He didn't pay us. Yeah, yeah, that's really weird for Japan. They're usually like so on top of. It was it was hard to explain. Like he was a really nice guy, and uh, when we're not recording, I tell you who it was, but he was really nice. And he, it's funny though because you'll actually see this like straight that just happened with them. Like a lot of bands will be announcing tours with him, but because of what happened with us, uh, they, they will hear word of it. And I've had a lot of bands hit me up and say, hey, you know, so-and-so in Japan, will he pay us? And I'll just tell them the truth, which is he's the nicest guy ever. But at the end of the tour, like, he'll have you promise money and he'll say, sorry, I don't have it. And so um, that happened with Stray. They announced, they, they announced the tour, asked for all their money up front, and yeah. then the guy just didn't pay. And so now they're canceling it. And I've yeah. seen, like, five different bands have to do that in Japan. And it's, it's a bummer because uh, we want to get back to Japan, but, like, 
we can't afford that to happen again. And it's, it's just, it's an interesting situation. Also, there's a language barrier. So sometimes there could just be some misunderstandings, you know? That's true. That's very, very yeah. true. Very, very true. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to be the Americans who like claim that we have it all figured out. Cause and not, don't, don't get me wrong. Like the dude in China who I guessing you're going through Paul Wang with hot pot is like the coolest guy ever. Um, actually it's funny. He's never been to America, but he speaks or any, any Western country, but he speaks English perfectly. And he, uh, yeah. uh, he, he like paid us like, boom, like the moment we got there and was just like so cool, so professional and like helped us navigate stuff as well as his tour manager, Stan. Great. And I, Oh my Lord, I hope you meet Stan. I hope he's your tour manager because <laughs> he's this funny foul mouthed dude. Who's like the sweetest guy ever. So nice. Nice. Yeah. No, Anyways. That's, that's for us, you know, at this point in our career, that's, one of the things I think that we enjoy most about being in a band is going to other countries and experiencing uh, all the other cultures. That's for Isn't us, it that's amazing, a, dude? A really important It is thing. such a gift, man. I'm so glad yeah. that you guys still enjoy that and that it's because I feel like some bands lose that wonder. And I'm glad that you guys still have that like kind of awe. No, if it's I really hear cool. another band complain that they can't use their fucking cell phone or something, like, <laughs> shut up. Like, you know what I mean? You're dude, an amazing, like, you know, like, go see the culture, go see some art. Do something, you know. Don't worry Honestly, that you dude. can't that you can't like post on uh, post on your Snapchat, you know. Your Snapchat. I know. God, dude, so yeah, it's 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 a gift. They don't even understand it at the age they're at, probably. But like, it's right. a gift that their phone's not working, and that like they can either sit there and pout, or they can go like ride bikes around Vienna. So, <laughs> <you> <laughs> exactly, <know. laughs> man. Exactly. Well, hey, uh, Garrett, uh, new record is coming yeah. out July first. July first. Everything yeah. was sound. You guys are on. The first half of Warp Tour, at least. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. On the Full Sail stage. So make sure everybody checks them out. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Again, yeah, I'm, th- I'm. Thank you. I really like what you guys are doing. Um, you know, thank I think you, you guys Shane. are really Appreciate pushing, it. pushing. You know, some boundaries and moving forward with uh, with music and especially like you know metalcore wow. music. So it's a really thank really you, good man. thing. And uh, thank you very much for uh, for talking to me today. Dude, Shane, thank you so much. I. I uh, definitely have followed your podcast for a little while and uh it's it's cool that you uh it's cool to be had on here because i know that we're probably not the most popular band to be uh well you will be now podcast, when so. everyone hears this <laughs> no it's but, uh yeah, garrett thank, thank you, you thank man you so much, thank man. you very much yeah. anything else to uh to say before i let you go no yeah just uh thanks we covered for it all if if y'all made it through an hour of my croaky stoner sounding voice i appreciate it and uh Love you all. <laughs> That's what the screaming does. <laughs> it really does, I swear. <laughs> all right, Garrett. Yeah, you have a great day, man. Hey, dude, you too, Shane. Thank you so much. So there it is, my conversation with Garrett Russell of Silent Planet. Such an amazing story, amazing person, so unique. Uh, make sure if you guys are going to Warp Tour, do not miss Silent Planet. I've heard they put on an absolutely incredible show. They're on one of the smaller stages, so you might have to dig around and find out where it is. But I expect some big things from that band moving forward. So definitely check them out now. Get in on the ground floor, and you will be rewarded. Monday, we will be back with another episode of this podcast. As always, make sure you're subscribed. I know some people are listening to this on like SoundCloud or you know some weird website. Go onto your podcast app. If you're on iPhone, it's already there. It's already on your phone. You can't even delete it. So it's there. Make sure you're subscribed. Um, if you're not on an iPhone, if you have an Android or whatever, 
Uh, there's a great app called Overcast, actually. That's a really, really great podcast app. That's my favorite. So check that out as well. But make sure you're subscribed. It helps us out, you know, growing our chart position and all that. Also, if you want to write a review on iTunes, that will totally help us out as well. So thank you very much again for tuning in. As always, I will leave you with a song from this week's guest. Here is the, well, there's a video for it. Check it out. It's a bit controversial, as Garrett and I talked about. But here is Silent Planet with their new single, Orphan, on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. Respected perspectives, worshiping directions. By the killing for our jungle, to our sons in the garden. Torches, soul, to our sky. Do you rise up and set their elders to the gallows? Too bad!